All right, well, welcome to Midlife Crisis. We'll have to figure out the best way of saying it. I think the best way of saying it is just Midlife Crisis, but uh, the, the emphasis on the SaaS. And with three, well, two other uh, uh, founders, SaaS founders, one is uh, maybe a little further than the other, I, I think, and we can get into what that is. But um, I'm Kevin, I'll be uh, one of the co-hosts here, and uh, I'm joined by Steve and Jeff, um, which I'm very excited about. So this is episode number one. And uh, I thought, you know, guys, why don't we kind of go in uh, a little bit of a roundabout and just kind of introduce ourselves. Um, and maybe we can just talk about a little bit where we are, like maybe physically where we are, um, where we are in our life. Uh, you can, you don't have to give an exact age, but you can kind of give us the, the, the phase of life that you're in. Uh, this is related to the show topic. And then um, what you're working on in terms of like uh, the entrepreneurship side of things. Um, so I'm, I'm honored to have you guys. Uh, and why don't I pass the baton to Steve here? Hey, I'm Steve. I'm part of the, I guess I'm part of this group here. And one of the things uh, I guess I can maybe start a little bit on my story is, you know, I've been in tech for a long time. And now, you know, I've went through, you know, different I guess, businesses and, you know, e-commerce seemed to be it for a while. I tried to push that for, for a lot of things. And then it's just, I'm not passionate about it. I'm not excited about it. And I kind of realized like I, I maybe fell off. And so like technology is where my heart is. Like it, it's what I love. And so kind of deciding now, just, you know, sticking with something for a few years to see how, how far I can get it. And I think right now that's, that's my big play is I'm going to stick with one thing for three years minimum. And if I have other ideas, whatever, I write them down, but I, I can't quit this. So I, I think that's, I don't know, that's fun. And so far, you know, I've been building a, a podcast platform to make podcasting easy. I think a lot of people, you know, I watched, you know, other people start their podcasts and there's, there's so much confusion around it. And so I, I just want to make it easy. And so, you know, I think when Kevin's talking about starting a podcast, it's, I'm kind of scared to death to do it, but it, it sort of forces me to to do it and then have kind of my my app, like whatever we're doing on display and have these guys busting my chops for stuff that's not working or, or whatever. Right. So it, it helps me be accountable. And, uh, you know, I, I guess right now I'm at the point where I have an MVP. It's not launched to the public. I'm waiting to finalize the, the company stuff in the beginning of the year. And then once that's done and it's, all bets are off. So, you know, my, my goal is kind of initially to have 10 paying subscribers by the end of the first quarter of 24. And I, I'm confident I'll, I'll be there at least. Um, I guess yeah, go over to Jeff. Thanks, Steve. Glad to be here. Um, Jeff, I'm, um, I'm at least 30 years old. Um, <laughs> and I've been in tech, I think that whole time. <laughs> so, you know, like Steve, very much on to, uh, I guess, the, the technology side and, and how much passion um, that I have around delivering solutions that people can really use um, and reducing the friction for that usage is a big part of it. Um, you know, having having like uh, friends and family and older parents um, that are challenged by technology, um, the simplest things that are taken for granted by, you know, my daughters, you know, by my kids versus my parent and um, kind of seeing that divergence um, or that struggle. Um, it's something that I don't know, kind of resonates with me being able to, to fix that or solve the problems that uh, we sometimes take for granted or accept. Um, so yeah, making things better is uh, kind of my daily put the feet on the ground and what do you want to do help as much as you can right so um so yeah my my big thing is uh with the SaaS side is i'm just getting into it i've had um, a lot of ideas from uh, experiences customer experiences and working with people in technology um, i get these little ideas 
I've had this one idea that I'm about to start um, for, I don't know, probably 10 years. And um, I've, I've solved all of the problems and put all of the UI experience and everything. And it's beautiful right up here. And so my challenge um, is as we launch these things is to uh, springboard off the expertise of others. Um, you know, my friends and my peers surround myself with strong people that have had success here so I can avoid the pitfalls um, and missteps learn from their experience, garner their advice, and having a trustworthy board of people around me. Um, and so it's interesting, Steve, you talk about, you know, launching and doing these businesses and and not keeping that that passion. I think we should kind of dig into some of those things, but um, I've got plenty of passion. It's the execution um, that usually is, is in the way. So um, like you said, Steve, stick with something you know, pour all there is into it to see how far you really take it um, and know that there's going to be setbacks, but a millimeter of progress still. Progress. I was going to say you have, you have excellent sound bites and like, it's just all throughout there. Like, Oh yeah. We well, use, let's win we one, for so the giver. <laughs> one game at a time. Sure. <laughs> Lots of sound bites. Well, I mean, I can pick that up. And yeah. We, we hear a lot of things um, and you know, traction, Traction is what we crave. So I don't know, Kev, if that's great. I guess you wanted to know where we're from, where we're mm. at. Um, Midwest, upper Midwest. And, um, you know, yeah, family guy. I'm, I'm in a technology company right now of, of some note, but um, yeah. Okay. And you, I, uh, uh, I could detect from your, from your um, blurb there that you have some children. How many kids do you have? Yeah, I have, I have two, um, nice. two children, two adults. <laughs> yeah, two adult children, very two cool. Adult and they're children. both, you said, did you say daughters? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Well, so you you're know, past the hard phase. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it ever gets easier um, because we, we certainly um, still care. Um, they're, yeah. they're fantastic, amazing, strong, uh, women and I've been very, very blessed. I must have done something right. You know, one could very say cool. that it's karma payback that I have daughters. You know, um, you know, being a former rock star and all of that. Lots of stories that we can get into much later. <laughs> very cool. Yeah. But uh, how about you, Steve? I uh, could you uh, talk a little bit about the family side of things because that's obviously kind of yeah. part of the, the the struggle of the journey too with the with the SAS even. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, the other part about, you know, just kind of going where, where I'm passionate about, where I love, where I'm willing to, you know, stick with and, and kind of suffer through things is you know, I also work for a tech company. So the, the SAS, the projects that I get to work on, that I get to create, they, they align with kind of my day job. Right. So like both of them make me better. Right. So what I work on at night versus what I work on in the day, like it just makes me better. And so I am in the Midwest too. I'm in Minneapolis. I have you know, a couple of kids, we, we live here where, where, you know, mine, mine are still younger. So, you know, Jeff's are, are a bit older. You know, I have a four-year-old, he's going on five and, you know, our daughter, you know, she's nine. So it's, they're a little bit younger. They're not quite teens. So sometimes they, they act like it. It's a mix between like a toddler and teen, terrible twos and terrible teens. I'm not sure. But, Boy yeah, and so girl trying to balance right? all that. Yeah. So trying to balance all that is is definitely fun, um, and then even trying to get them involved in a little bit in in the business. You know, from an e-commerce side, it, it's easier. You can you know, hey, package up these things or you know, help me put labels on this stuff. But I can't really tell you know my four year old, hey, go write me this this library. I'm gonna need you to to have that ready by the end of the day. Yeah, um, but he knows how to say Kubernetes. <laughs> yes, wow. at four, he's saying it all the time. Yeah, he's been saying GitHub a lot. Uh, like it's it's kind of funny. What about you, Very Kevin? Nice. How many? Yeah, I'm I'm uh, maybe I'm in between. No, I'm probably earlier than you both actually. So my kids, two daughters as well, like Jeff, and um, mine are three and six now. Um, mm -hmm. And so um, I'm definitely in the throw of things, and um, I. Uh, I'm actually doing, so this year, 
um, we moved up to an area. I'll just kind of do my little spiel now. So I'm in Northern Arizona. Uh, most people, when they think of Arizona, think about a big, big hot desert, uh, but actually a significant amount of the state is beautiful woods. And so I'm actually in the forest um, wow. right now. And it, there's just, you can just drive hours and you'll still be in the forest of, of Arizona, but <laughs> few people know that. Um, anyway, so I'm up in, in Northern Arizona, but we're in kind of a remote town. Um, and uh, we moved out here for kind of a job opportunity from for my wife. And uh, the problem though, is that there were, there's not tons of like great, kind of the schools that, that we had available weren't up here compared to our, our previous town. So I'm now in the throes of uh, homeschooling. So I'm doing homeschooling by day and then entrepreneurship at night. And so my days look pretty hectic. I'm definitely like, uh, she's off at work, my wife is off at work and I'm you know, doing my best to kind of teach them you know, uh, the, the general life skills and some of the, the beginning academics. Uh, and then I take off around three when my wife gets home and I'm off to like a quote, co-working space, unquote. It's kind of like basically like a it's like a UPS store that happens to have a hot desk <laughs> built in because that's about all there is around here. But yeah, uh, do you need that separation? Do you feel like I do. you need to compartmentalize and go somewhere? Does that does that help you kind of change? It does. Paths? Yeah, and I and you know the thing these days that's been happening to me is if I if if I say I'm going to do work at home because it's like cold out, you know, and it's like well maybe I'll just stay home and work tonight. And uh, I found consistently that like 90% of the time I don't even open the laptop. So it's, it is helpful for me to get out, you know, face the cold a little bit. And then I, you know, once I'm at the office, I can actually get into it. Um, so that's been helpful, but you know, so that's just kind of in terms of like the midlife crisis, sometimes I'm just like, what am I doing this for? Um, so just to kind of backtrack, I've been an entrepreneur now officially for like, uh, I've been out of the corporate world for about 10 years now. I think I quit, uh, no, maybe 11. I quit in 2012. I had about a year and a half of stumbling um, where my wife and I were trying to find a business that worked. We had, I tried, my initial idea was a kind of like a SaaS. It completely fell apart. Um, I spent two years building it and and launched, launched to crickets and there was, you know, nothing there. Um, wow. I began to listen to to Rob Walling's uh, Startups with the Rest of Us at that time and started to kind of like realize, wow, this is a path, this whole bootstrap idea. Mm. Um, and uh, at the same time, I was reading the four hour work week, um, which is another kind of classic. Um, and so about within about a year and a half and a lot of like pulling our hair out, my wife had an idea for uh, a business and I was not interested at all. I thought it was gonna be boring. There was no technology aspect. But it was um, something that kind of came up for us as we were doing marketing research. And we realized there was a business there and it was basically like um, online consulting and coaching, um, which we started doing and we started getting a lot of interest from, from a particular niche of clients. Um, and then that eventually turned into uh, us turning our kind of like hourly consulting into an online, an online course. And, and then it became multiple online courses. And so that's kind of how we, how I got into the online course space uh, world was building out courses. And back in the day, there were very few options. You, you know, we built everything on WordPress at the time, and um, and we built a course, and we built a community, and and we built a whole, you know, automated structure for selling it and marketing it and all this stuff. So over the the next few years, we basically had a fairly, you know, easy to build a business. It was like, it was working pretty quite well and it was nothing to do with anything I'd ever learned. There was less programming that I ever thought. It was mostly just plug and play stuff. Um, and it was mostly me learning how to, um, you know, I guess get my ego out of the way. There was, <laughs> it was more centered around her um, than it was around me. So it was me kind of being more of an operational person. And so that was really helpful. Um, just to kind of learn like, okay, well, what, you know, do I want to be working in a corporate world, which I hated by the way, or do I want to have a business where I'm not the big shot? I'm like basically the, the little guy helping my, my wife. Uh, and I realized, yeah, I'll take the second. <laughs> it sounds great. So it was great in the sense of like, we went from like a nine to five kind of lifestyle to basically just, um, you know, at home working every day, 
you know, we, we would just go out to coffee every day. We would go work different places in town. Uh, we were living in Austin at the time. And it was a very fun ex experience. And then about a year and a half into that, we realized, well, why do we have to stay in the US? Um, let's see if we can build this business even further and save money. And so we kind of heard about a community that was like a podcast and some kind of community that was out in East Asia. And we decided, let's just move to Thailand. And so around 2014, we moved off to Thailand and spent a while out there, which was incredible because it was just filled with people like us that were like budding entrepreneurs uh, learning marketing, learning, you know, operations, and we networked like crazy. And so the business actually flourished in that environment because we were, people were giving each other ideas and how to's all at the same so co-working like space. Expats, a bunch of expats. Yeah. Okay. Tons of expats there in Thailand. With families and... as well, or did you not have the family at that point? No, we didn't have a family. This is before okay. our, our family kind of showed up. And so we were able to just live and work out there for a long time. I think our, our rent was about $300 a month for like a, a lovely little, you know, a uh, couple lovely little apartment with like cleaning every week. <laughs> it was, everything was dirt cheap, you know? And so it really allowed us to kind of build the business without having to worry about the runway so much. And so that, that's kind of right. how we got our business off the ground. So we did that. And um, long story short, eventually I got back into the software side of things, which was my background. Uh, I also had an IT background similar to, to Jeff and so kind of figured out programming, taught myself that, and then started to, um, to build like a, a, a business around WordPress plugins, which is what, what I was kind of using for our, our course business. Uh, and then um, built that into kind of a portfolio business. And that turned into a kind of recurrent, sort of like a quasi SaaS where that we became this recurring, um, you know, monthly recurring revenue business that I was able to less, you know, not put as much work into over time. And so uh, the past four years now, that's been mostly, um, mostly passive as I've been able to run it with just a few assistants and stuff like that. Um, and then I was mentioning to, to Steve when we met, um, that business now has made enough to be able to, to fund my new SaaS, which has been an, uh, is an online course platform called Owlish. So I'll probably be talking about that a lot um, in this show, but anyway, that's the kind of snapshot of, of my entrepreneurial journey. Um, and yeah, the kids kind of came in and has thrown everything off, but kids, kids for me have been, you know, extraordinarily a big hit to my productivity, but at the same time, I don't think I've ever been more motivated to make a SaaS work. I think if I hadn't had kids, I don't think I'd have much. I was pretty much just chill before kids. Like I was like, we were making a steady amount of income. It wasn't like, a gigantuan amount, but it was comfortable. And my level ambition of ambition was way lower, like almost barely on the charts. And so kids have somehow injected me with like this need to like do something like a why. And so that's been kind of interesting. So I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'd be curious to see if that's similar with, with either of you guys. I know Jeff, you're now at a point where your senior kids sail off, it sounds like. So Maybe yeah, I just I add this gray. That. It's it's called uh, what is it called? Uh, <laughs> added distinction, something like that. Um, you know, um, yeah. My my kids being older certainly doesn't um, hold any less motivation for wanting to achieve. Um, you know, having them as a why. Um, you know, I just sent a text to my daughter. I'm like, you know what I love about you, and then I just send it and i go everything <laughs> oh, and i mean great. you know these are these are uh people that i've poured a lot into and i still have uh family members that i care deeply about so it's not just about um achievement on my own behalf um for myself um it is for uh you know the legacy that could be this family that can be uh you know at least a demonstration and an example versus a warning totally of um, you know, Does they see that? I mean, did you guys have, I'm curious, kind of like with the why question, were your parents entrepreneurial, either of you? Did you see, did you either see stuff you wanted to, to replicate in your life or find the opposite <laughs> track? I think a lot more opposite for me. Not that my parents didn't have, you know, strong uh, work ethics and everything else, but, you know, coming from, uh, you know, upper middle class and kind of 
not really having too many struggles for things that I needed. Um, you know, my dad was a pilot and, um, uh, you know, then a technical writer and, you know, did, um, did some great things, but had that kind of classic, you know, go to work, do this, provide for your family, come home, you know, rinse and repeat. And it was more about, um, you know, being part of an organization and getting your pension and all of those, those things. And I, I wouldn't say it made me uh, weak. I think I had a different experience about um, having to fight for things. Um, but having a great sampling of what do you want to do today and uh, being able to find out how many things that I could become good at. So um, I do feel like, um, I don't know, modern day renaissance, the, the number of opportunities I've had um, have been amazing. So, um, you know, it can be its own, that can be its own kind of private yeah. rodeo, rodeo as well. Um, too many hobbies, too little time. And then being able to prioritize, uh, you know, that can take some hits and some challenges. So I understood, remember I was asking you, do you need to get away? Mm. Sometimes, you know, I think with COVID and everything else, us working so much from home, there's far too many distractions here. Um, and I, I do feel I could benefit from, you know, getting even to another room sometimes for got to go find some strange so you can kind of um yes totally yeah what about about you uh uh, sorry what about you steve yeah so i mean i guess going back to the why i mean it's definitely my family right and you know it's more than just me you know i've you know i want to take care of like other family members as well right so you know growing up like i didn't really have a lot of opportunity to like go to school or any of that stuff. So I ended up having to do like, I would kind of volunteer my time at these places to prove myself as a, as a young teen or whatever. And then, you know, eventually you just work your way up. And then, you know, I think I I just, I got into this pattern where, you know, I was taught like you have to go to work, you have to do that and all of those things. And you don't have to, like, it's, it's just something that I saw. Right. So trying to like show my, my kids so that there are other ways to, to do things and you know you can still earn the same and then also I mean when you're doing things for yourself right and, and for for your family like you have a lot more control over it so th- that is good and that is bad right I mean there's you know it all comes down to the prioritization having so many ideas I think like a lot of us here I mean we're we're just always like oh that would be cool that would be cool and it, it's just a matter of like knowing to I guess to focus on something and then how to channel all of that energy when you do realize like, yeah, the kids are going to take up this much time. I'm only going to have this much time to focus. So I, I really need to focus on, on these things. And if you can break your, your tasks up in your day, right. So if I have to do something that's really like, I guess, focus intense where I need to be writing a lot of code or something, it, you know, the kids coming around or whatever, it's not gonna, it, it, it doesn't really work as well. Right. And so just kind of figuring out like, okay, this period of time, you know, either early morning or kind of late at night, I, I can get a lot of code written. And then, you know, I can do the other tasks that don't require as much brain power while they are, you know, running around or whatever. Right. So it's, it's just a matter of trying to, trying to like balance that and, and kind of figure that out. And, and I think, I mean, I, I still struggle with that, right? Like every, I mean, every day I'm still, you know, trying to like kind of keep on the schedule and, you know, some days are better than others, but I think the also the benefit of just like kind of sticking with something is you will make progress. And so even now, sure. you know, sticking with this, like I've, I've made it a lot further than I'd even imagined, you know, in a few months. So it's, it really is a, a big win. It just comes down to kind of figuring out like what the, what the best schedule is. Everybody I told mean, you that that lull would happen and you yeah. get past it, you know? that classic picture that has the hey i've got a great idea it's really cool oh it's gonna be awesome and then oh all the hard work and this really sucks and as it and then the resurrection of that that at the end and um it's never as good as that first big peak mountain but pretty good (laughs) pretty good well survive that that grind that grind period it's so true 
It's so true. And, and to, to Jeff's point about the lull, I mean, that graph, right, it's, it's um, tricky because they give you two statistics. One is 90% of businesses are going to fail. You're likely to be one of those, and your business is definitely likely to be one of those ones that fails. And on the other side of it, you hear, um, oh, don't worry, there's a lull. You're gonna, you're, things are going to get really hard. You're going to want to give up, but just keep on trying. And you're just like, well, <laughs> which is it? And I think the thing right. about entrepreneurship is it's not like it's not like going through to get a bachelor's or a master's degree where they say, you know, it's like a deal. Show up, study, take the tests. And when you're done, if you do all the work that we told you to do in this order and in this way, you will be delivered with a guaranteed diploma so long as you don't, you know, break the rules. And that's much more, you know, it sounds like that's, uh, you know, in, in the life event kind of stuff, it, you know, people say, oh, I got my master's, it was so hard, or I got my degree. Yeah, it's hard, but it's nothing like entrepreneurship where you can do the same amount of work and get nothing at the end. And right, there's right. A, actually a very high chance you'll get nothing at the end. And there's a, you know, one in a million chance you're going to, you're going to become a millionaire or a gazillionaire. Um, so it's, it is a very complex, it's, it's really kind of out there in the wilderness. The way I like to think of it is like, you're going out and hunting um, and you have no GPS. You have no idea where you're going. You have no idea where the animals are. It's, it's, it's you don't even have a gun. You have to make, you don't your even own. have a gun. <laughs> yeah. You have to make your, you own, to make your own weapons. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a spear. So it, it is a higher, it's like you're deciding to play a higher level game. Whereas with, with a job, you kind of know what the drill is, you know what you're supposed to do, and you're going to get the salary. Everything else you kind of have, everything is pretty pretty clear. Whereas entrepreneurship, it's just a, it's it, there's a lot of information out there. But again, your odds are so against you. Um, and kind of what you were mentioning too, uh, Steve, is like, there was a kind of like, you've been working at it for a while and when, you know, should I keep going? And, you know, you're proud of kind of how far you've gone. Um, and I know you've done a bunch of this stuff before, so it's, you could probably relate, like there's that, there's some advice I heard recently. It was from kind of a big shot in the, um, in the kind of SaaS expertise world. And it was like, you know, you better, you should be making money within the first six months of, of starting your SaaS. If you don't have, you know, money coming in, you're, you're going to fail. You're likely to fail. You know, like you're, you're not on track, give up. And I remember listening to that and thinking, wow, it took me about, um, with Alish, it took me a good year and a half before I had a single sale. And after that launch, it was another six months before it was like even meaningful to, you know, five, 10 customers, you know? And so if I had followed that advice of like, okay, this must not be working. Six months has gone by. I don't have, you know, if I'd followed that, I'd be, you know, I'd be yeah, nowhere it, where it's I not, am. It's not binary, right? I mean, and I think that's the thing. There's so much, so many contradicting things. Like they, they want to just have a meme, right? Like you just follow the memes and then you know what to do. Like if it was that easy, we'd all, I mean, we'd all be retired or we'd all going to be living our dreams, right? Because we were able to do it. Or right? the, so I or think the that value pool would be so diluted that, you know, we'd have a bunch of just really substandard Legos. You know. <laughs> sure. And I mean, that, that's part of it too. Right. And, and I think, you know, I, I guess going back to like, it, it has to be something you're willing to suffer through. Right. If you think about even, even in a job, right. I mean, there's chances are, you know, your job, you, you may not love all of the things you do. Right. And in a lot of cases, people will work. I mean, like I, I've, I've ended up working, you know, 60, 80 hour weeks. And so if I could even give a little bit of that back to myself, for my family, I mean, that, like, if I'm willing to just work through that and drudge through that, like, over the course of some years, like, it is definitely going to compound. Now, whether I'm, you know, getting the money in six months or not, like, I think that that's different, but it, it's more about just, you know, investing yourself. Money is yourself. one part of it, right? right. Money is one, one tangible part of it. What about the intangibles, right? That time that you would... Well, is it is it a means to an end or is it an end right i mean and i think that for me that's kind of what i've gotten into is like what i'm working on is an end like i i want to be working on it now I, I it does need to turn a profit it does need to make money in that but ultimately like you know i don't know that i need some you know 10 figure exit it's more of you know just something that i'm going to enjoy and even if it does suck sometimes 
it, it's going to be kind of maybe like a, a job that I would have where I'm okay investing that time. And I, I know at least I'll have a, I'll have a better shot at the outcome, right? Like I'll, I'll have more control over it. And of course, like you can always kind of choose to quit, but you know, who wants to do that? I, I think it's also a kind of like making a story, right? I want, I want to be able to like have a story that I, I can tell my kids about like all of these things. And hopefully I can tell them it, and more than just telling them, right. Letting them see it because then maybe when they're, you know, in their early twenties or something, they can, they can kind of choose to go a different route and know that, you know, if they have a head start on it, that, that I didn't have, you know, they may, they may end up taking the advice or kind of following my path and, and doing something great much sooner than, than I've started. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it, you know, I think the thing to realize for maybe all three of us for different reasons, we have very limited time to be working on this, these projects at the moment. Um, yeah. I have two other businesses I run and now I'm homeschooling. So I've got maybe 10 hours, a, to be honest, it's like 10 hours a week that I have to work on this. And yeah. uh, if I compare myself to some 23 year old uh, kid who's living in the Bay Area and, or, or even better like Austin where it's cheaper and has um, tons of friends that are entrepreneurs and he's in the world or she's in the world of it and, and she's got 60 hours a week to give to this SaaS. If I compare my progress to that person and say, well, this isn't working out. I'm just, it's not gonna, you know, it's like, I got 10 hours. That's reality for me. Right. So yeah. I have to be willing to be, to, to realize I'm on the slow, steady, patient, immensely agonizing road of, of you know, it's like they saw, talk about the slow death of the SAS. What was it? Like the slow climb or whatever. It's even slower for me, <laughs> it's even flatter, right, right, right. Um, the right. incline. So uh, that's kind of the piece I've had to make recently is just like, okay, stop listening to all the, the, the sure. noise out there because you're on your own path and it's going to take twice as long. And if it, if it takes shorter, great, cherry on top, but I'm just going to kind of set my expectations for this long, grueling path. I think it would be important with a slow grind like that to remember to measure your relative success mm. to the beginning. Because, you, you know, if you, if you just look at yesterday and the amount of progress you're making with, you know, uh, a limited amount of time that you can commit to it, um, you know, it's important to look back a little further. You know, if I compare this to last year, I've made tremendous progress or, or things like that. So just, I would say, widen your scope of view, um, lest you become disheartened and, and have yeah. a slew of people around you like us, um, to kind of, uh, buffet you a, a, yeah. a bit against those, those strong winds. Um, well, and comparing everybody. yourself to against somebody who's got all this free time right there. I do think there there is one advantage that we all kind of have here is I think one, we maybe appreciate time a little bit more, right? So I think we understand the the value of time and that's not to say, you know, the younger kids don't, but I think like, I don't know, there's still some point where like, I think like I got all the time in the world. No, I don't. And so like that realization, I think it's something huge. And then, you know, comparing yourself against just where were you, you know, before and like only comparing yourself to, to yourself, right? Like not, not to other people who are in different spaces doing different things, because then that's just a, a recipe to you know, like feel bad or, or whatever, like totally. set you up. So just, Beautiful. it's, yeah. it's all where you focus. Some, some great wisdom for sure. Thank you. Um, and uh, so I was thinking just due to time's sake um, and I can't remember. So I'm not sure where we're at with the actual recording, but um, we thought we might get into a few topics of interest that are newsworthy just because they are maybe on our mind a little bit. And this is a great, you know, this is a great week to start this in the sense that there's been a, a lot of interesting tech news, um, at, at least in our world, or we could even say like in the startup world. Um, and so I thought I would just kind of get your, your, your thoughts on um, what you think about this, this uh, AI stuff. We had the firing of, of, um, Sam Altman this week or last Friday ousting, and I know the ousting of him and um, what do you think is going to happen? Any predictions? Uh, because right now, as far as we know, this is on a Tuesday. Um, he's been fired and he's been in talk, but he's not been brought back to. Dude, he's hired already. 
he got hired and he's at, been hired in Microsoft, yeah, right? Microsoft. So that's that's where we're at. But I think so, he was kind of we're talking about having... Sam Altman, right? We're talking about Sam Altman, I guess, to kind of clear it up. You know, we're talking about the the shift in leadership um, around OpenAI. So I guess there's the title for the. There you go. Yeah, I, I thought one of his, I guess, one of his demands before he came back was like the whole board had to had to leave. Right. So I, I think it, that was kind of a... I think it was the interim CEO um, who kind of suggested to the board via X, formerly Twitter, that they should all step down and um, they wanted to basically replace the board with Sam Altman and um, I can't remember. <laughs> Greg? Remember. Yes. Some Padres. Yeah. Yeah. So. But uh, they've both been kind of hired by Microsoft in the interim, um, and they're really asking for the the guy who came over from uh, which Sheer, right? Was yeah, from from Twitch, he came over. Right, and they're really asking him to resign. You know, um, we the want our CEO. old bosses back. But there's what seven hundred of or a um, basically. A major, a major amount of the existing employees that work at OpenAI have basically signed on to this petition to, you know, you know, reinstate them in no certain terms, or we're all leaving and going to Microsoft. I didn't know Microsoft had that many job postings in this area, but that's also something we should consider. <laughs> you know, plenty of work to be done over there. Um, and, and, you know, it's really funny, too, Microsoft investing so much money into open AI. Um, so the, the rules kind of change. Anyway, very interesting. Um, yeah. And, and like, I think their investment, like, it, it was just in Azure credits, right? So it, it wasn't even, like, necessarily money. And they didn't actually give them all of it yet, right? So there's, so now, I don't know, do, you, do any of you guys use open AI for any of your stuff? Well, so I we just started to integrate with its API for our, for uh, the SaaS about two months, three months ago. Kind of turned on the feature about a month ago, actually. And so, um, like, basically, with one of our features, you can upload one of your course videos and then have it um, translate it, transcribe it, and then and then summarize. Pretty simple, but but it's nice. People have really liked it. Um, and now, as I was listening to a, another podcast about this. Uh, they brought up a really good point, which was even for SaaS founders now, this incident has been so destabilizing that I'm guessing that most founders who are, you know, who are going to have to make a decision about which which model to go with and which API to go with are now going to be having second thoughts. Should I go with, you know, even if they repair right, everything right. and Sam comes back and everything's great, it's still a bit of a risk because, you know, if as long as an Amazon um has a decent api to connect to or as long as uh, you know maybe google just i think google just made their uh model available for api now api calls i can't remember the name of it but i mean if i had a choice and i'm going to pay the same price to open ai or google well i don't want to be dealing with this all the time where they're going to up and down they're going to be gone one day right 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 I'm I need stability with in your nightmare. business yeah same old nightmare for integrating a platform with anybody else's platform is right want to hope that there is enough competition and uh, things that you aren't hitching your wagon to, right? The only horse in the game. Because um, it's risk. It's a risk model. Um, you know, what What does open, what does the open in open AI, you know, mean is, yeah. I think there's some real questions at least that are being brought up about the, the whole governance model. Yeah. of open AI and how to separate the capitalism part or the, you know, you know, the monetization of the values that they're bringing to the marketplace and to the developers and, and that community and how they can establish a government, uh, a governance and really some questions around, uh, you know, AI and ethics, you know, uh, safety versus, you know, Versus profits and, yeah. and some of that. So there's well, a lot of real questions that are good conversations and good things to to kind of uh, get serious about. Um, but I don't know. We see other open source models and things um, where they have 
established governance and and things like that. I think it's required for anything to be truly community driven, community focused, and still successful over the long run. Um, you know, absolutely. It, well, I mean, uh, you guys have mentioned Kubernetes. I mean, that's isn't that technically still an open source? Uh, yeah, or at its it core, it's an open source project. Huge governance model. Yes. And, you know, Isn't that Google? interest groups up the wazoo on, yeah. you know, on every topic. Um, and, and really, I've described this to peers, and we kind of agree. Kubernetes, yes, originally created by Google. It was called Borg. Uh, you know, mm. go figure. But, um, or it's derived from that, Kubernetes is. I, I think it's the new Linux, Right. Mm, um, okay. The the umbrella of Kubernetes and all of the development being done and all the pieces and parts that that orchestration engine touches, it's a huge wow. umbrella, and you can run as fast as you want in any direction and still not end up getting wet. So, big umbrella, lots of topics, and it is how software um, is going to be deployed, and produced, and offered to the marketplace. People will now buy commercial off the shelf software yes. packages as containerized um, packaging mm. with you know helm charts and you know other deployment mechanisms so that you can do your deployments as code you can do your infrastructure as code you can do everything as code you can even deploy kind of depending on what what hashes out with the open ai stuff right i mean hugging face or xai like you know some of those competitors might even barred right i mean it still might it might end up getting more market share now and I think, I, I don't know, I think like GPT-4 definitely has advantages. It does. It's mm -hmm. just, will will this drive more competition because other people are willing to invest in other areas because they see that that instability in open AI. And so I, I think for yeah. us, like that's a benefit potentially is that it's just driving it. I, I think the real key is though, is we want, we want it to be like US companies or kind of companies that are, are yeah. still following like those ethical practices, but it's kind of that balance of, you know, innovation, but don't stop innovation because you're, and I thought that's what I heard about the, I don't know if it was just a rumor or not, but there was a lot of this chatter about, you know, AGI was about to happen and Sam wasn't stopping enough. And uh, yeah, so I don't know, just really weird stuff. But if we, yeah. if we stop it, I mean, somebody else is going to go with it. Right. So yeah. I think it'd be better if we, we kind of fix it here, or at least I, I think Sam, you know, is a great visionary. And so even if he goes, you know, if we be, I don't know, if if it becomes, you know, I guess sentient, like he's probably got some plan. I, I don't know, maybe him and Elon. I hope so. I, I can't read him and I'm still on the fence about, I've, I've always been on the fence about Sam Altman and from the very earliest time that I heard about him, which wasn't long ago, but the fact that he kind of, the, the impression I got, and maybe this is needs to be updated, is that he kind of was willing to storm out with this technology when you had companies like Google that knew how powerful it was, but were sitting on it because, and, and, and were they sitting on it because they were worried it would cannibalize their existing product? Maybe, probably likely, but also they probably had a sense of like, this is so powerful, maybe we should be more careful. And I, I guess I respect, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very mixed about it because I, I am also, I'm not a doomer per se. I'm using it probably more than most people, but I'm also highly, if you kind of play the end game out of, of AGI, there's very, it's like chess. There's, it's like playing chess against AGI. You're, there's very few moves that I see down the road where humans win um, or stay in control. Yeah. And so, I appreciate Sam's like, let's go, let's push this forward. But the faster we push forward, the faster we could be treated like a dog. <laughs> well, by right, AGI. Right. Or, or a danger to AI. If, or a danger to AI, even if worse. Humans are a danger, mm -hmm. right? To AI and AI has a sense of self-preservation. Well, then that's sure. a bad recipe. Yeah. That's a bad, yeah. that's Use called manners. Skynet. That's called, you know, yeah. Yeah. Do you use manners when you talk to chat GPT? Like I make sure I tell it please and thank you. I try. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing about trying to be careful of it's uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely not rude to it. Well, yeah. 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 Well, like, yeah. like every, every phone conversation originating or terminating on a cell phone in California True. per the movies, <laughs> you don't say bye anymore. You just hang up. 
Yeah, <laughs> so right, right. Exactly. I watched some of these. And I was like, bye. You know, after they've already hung up, they're like, right. blah, blah, blah. Click. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yo, how about saying like bye or hello even, you know? <laughs> Don't do that to me. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, Don't... so it's a, it'll be interesting to see. I'm I'm kind of mixed right now. I'm I'm not disheartened or devastated that he's been mm. that that OpenAI is a little um destabilized, but at the same time I agree with I can't remember which one of you mentioned it, but there is a there's also a danger of losing traction as, you know, we're both it seems like we're all Americans here. Uh, but it, there's a there's a, a yeah, we don't want to be behind as a country either, um, and especially if we were the ones that were at the forefront of of helping to to push it out there. Um, you don't want to lose that, especially given that there's a lot of um, countries out there with different perspectives on sure. on you know ruling and and self governance, and you you want to be careful. AI goes in the right hand. Biden yeah. just signed an executive order with rules yeah. around you know kind of checking. Um, you know ai and and some of the things that you know could be potentially bad do not doing biological or you know um, nuclear weapons and you know other things but you know how to stop bad actors from bringing that to bear and you know just because we have rules and care about a certain style of of you know life uh somebody else might have a different opinion and yeah it could this be dangerous sure of course it could um, <laughs> of course it could so, so what are you last minute kind of predictions about what do you think will happen with uh with the situation will it um will it come back to the open ai we always knew and so far have loved or or uh do we think it's gonna be i don't think it can ever go back right i mean I, I don't think it can so perhaps microsoft just kind of won right so they were i think they own all the ip and so they have 49 percent stake in the company and now if they get all you know if they get 650 of the however many employees like 700 or 800 employees like and my guess is the reason everybody hasn't signed the petition is just because not everybody was able to right like so if all of a sudden microsoft hires everybody like open ai just kind of dies off and it is thanksgiving microsoft ai you know you know and and so i i don't know i i think i i guess I, i feel like you know, I know companies talk about like, you know, they want to preserve the culture. And I don't know how well Microsoft has done that with GitHub or some of the other companies it's acquired. But I think there's a better chance that it, it kind of goes downhill if Microsoft owns everything and becomes something. But then I also think that gives other, I think that gives a lot more opportunity for more open source or other like even XAI mm. to begin really ramping up in the space. So I think for, for all of us consumers, it's a win. Um, open AI, I don't know that it can be. Look at how fast we went from wow, groundbreaking to a uh, major upset and switch. <laughs> I mean, that used to take a while. It yeah. used to take a while for wow, this is amazing, da 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 da, yeah. peak frenzy, and then you know, crash, fiery crash explosion. I mean, look how this long took- it took. Apple to kind of degrade after they lost jobs. It was five or six years before it started to just feel like. You know, they've gone downhill. Yeah. So um, I guess my view, competition is great. Um, Mm -hmm. What we've proven is large language models and use cases for them. Great. Valid extensions of and enablers of and enhancements to existing efforts to improve the way we do things right improve reduce friction um you know write better term papers (laughs) you know do more homework i'm kidding but all of these capabilities around large language models finally was the use case where people went wow dude have you seen this um auto gpt you know recursive like recursive like yeah, go ahead and just pretend you can do anything with my credit card for the next hundred <laughs> steps. All of a sudden, you've got a you know a booming business that was completed. You know, mm. all of these things that make people go, "Holy wow, isn't this awesome?" And then the other side of it, isn't this super scary? Hundred yep. percent. Yeah. yeah. So I think yeah what's what's your take, Kevin? More innovations, but yeah, the technology and its applicability and 
the things that we can see it applying to um, and, and leveraging, even, even the neophytes can get in on the story. Um, and yeah. I think that really then means it's, it's technology that, that is here to stay. Are there some rough Definitely. edges and some cautions? hundred percent, hundred percent. So, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I, th I think you're right. I think, you know, it, and I think it's probably less important that OpenAI be the one. In fact, it's probably, I think it's probably healthy if there's more of a, of not a dominant player right now, given just how powerful the stuff is. I mean, again, we're talking about, you know, a power to destroy humanity eventually um, that will be up more dangerous than a nuclear weapon. Like right now, a nuclear weapon can only blow up if someone pushes a red button, but it can't decide on its own to blow up the world. Right, right, um, right. Whereas, whereas AGI could potentially. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think we're this is such a strange time to live in. I think this is probably the strangest. You know, the internet felt very big when I was growing up. I'm sure it did for you guys too. But this feels like a 10x on that in terms of it, its impact on the even on humanity. Um, and so, I'm it's a bizarre time to live through. Uh, but anyway, um, I was thinking just for time's sake, we should probably wrap up. And I appreciate you guys sharing that, though. I think that's an interesting chat. Um, and why don't we maybe, um, you guys kind of lightly mentioned your projects, but it'd be interesting to hear, uh, it'd be interesting to hear more about those next time. And maybe we can kind of do, do a bit of a deep dive in, in uh, yeah. Uh, either Steve or Jeff, uh, what you guys are thinking about working on and, uh, or what, you know, Steve already knows what he's working on, but Jeff, I'd like to hear kind of more about your project down the road too. Oh, I'm sure you would. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm looking for some good ideas. So if well, you I mean, share... maybe get into that, Kev, like talk about yeah, totally... where should those boundaries be? You know, yeah. we, we're <laughs> wanting to serve a community with what we're going to do here. And, um, of course, you know, we want to be interesting, provide value. Yeah. Um, you know, we can talk about some of the, you know, the the missteps and, you know, the the cautions that you might have. I know you have some experiences, totally. uh, you know, where, you know, what do you share at a dinner, dinner party? How about we do this? Let's, when we get to, when we get to this topic of your project, why don't we do a little preamble on the uh, pros and cons of how much to share? And I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Steve and I will have some input on that. And then we can right hear from you. Uh, about what you, uh, you you can kind of feel it out and see what you're willing to to give us. I have a feeling it's a SaaS though. Is that right? Well, I mean, I think that would be applicable to you know the topics we're we're going which go. is, right, All right. Is to the podcast name. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. For sure. So this would yeah. be a, a SaaS for sure, and it has. Um, uh, Don't give it away, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, it, be it's careful. A, it's a mix. It's a mix. Save of it for next time. Huh. Yeah, sounds we'll, good. We'll, All right, I love it. Great. Well, gentlemen, uh, really great chatting with you. I think this is a, a nice uh, way to end up our first episode and uh, let's, let's plan to chat next time and continue the, the conversation. Awesome. Perfect. Have Thanks. a great one. Take care. All right. See you guys.